This is Masonic Muscle episode 14. And this is Cesar Rubio. Uh, I've had a little bit of a break. I've been getting some interviews going. I've got two already that I've already been posted. One by past master Jerry L. Smith of the Southern California Research Lodge and the most recent one with Steve Sanchez, a member of Palm Springs Lodge number 693 and hopefully future senator of our district here in Southern California, District 28, I believe. And I've got a few more coming uh, tomorrow, uh, actually Thursday, with Neil D'Souza, who is a podcaster. His podcast is called the, uh, the Leadership to Wealth podcast, which I was recently on, which was pretty cool. Thank you, Neil, for that. And Friday, I will be having Vic Ropak, which is, he is an, the AGL of District 8, I believe, here in Southern California. And Vic has been serving Freemasonry, California Freemasonry, for many, many years. So I'm looking forward to that. Anyhow, I just wanted to just touch base with everybody, the listeners that have been following for a little bit, just getting going. And again, this is just the beginning for everyone that's been listening and who has not been listening. There's a bunch of things that I that I have uh, uh, scheduled that I want to do. And as time goes on, I will adjust according to how I see things going, how effective it is or, or what people are beginning to say or uh, people want. I will be putting out feelers asking you guys what you guys want to hear, what you guys, what are you interested in? There are specific things that I want to do that I want to talk about because I believe that they should be talked about. And one of them is uh, one of my, I guess it's become like a pet peeve, really. And that is, you know, everybody that joins masonry and eventually they eventually hit a wall. And the wall is that the, experience was not what they expected when they were in the prospective phase and trying to get to know people depending on what lodge you are because there's some lodges that just give out applications and fill them out right there and by next month you're getting initiated they're not like our lodge and many other lodges where they're asking you to wait six to twelve you know months at least try to get to know everybody try to give a chance for everybody to get to know you in that lodge, if they're working, if they're diligent. And then once that happens, the members will get together and they'll talk about you and they'll ask if it's a good idea, if it's a good fit. And if so, then you hand out the application, go through the background check. Background check is cleared. If it's good, then we send out people to, we read off the application in the next day of meeting and then we uh, send out people to go and investigate you and interview you at your own home. And then, uh, you know, first degree and second degree and third degree. But uh, as a prospective member, you have all these thoughts, all these ideas, all these, I don't know, crazy thoughts. Some of them are crazy, but some of them are valid. And then when that doesn't happen, what, what happens? Uh, you get let down, but you, some of you stick, it, stick through it. And some of you, you know, muscle your way through it in the hopes that maybe it's going to change, that maybe it's going to get better. And then when it doesn't, you slowly but surely see them begin to distance themselves and they start getting busy in their lives and 
all of a sudden their job wants them to, you know, work more hours or, or the job switched up their schedule, you know, whereas before they were making every meeting, they were, they would go out of their way to, to be present and to hook up with you guys, whether it's at the lodge or, you know, at a more casual get together at a, at a restaurant or at a bar to go have some drinks or go talk to get to know each other. And then all of a sudden the big letdown, right? And then there's other lodges that, uh, that get through that and they still perform and they get you through that first degree. And that first degree was awesome. And there was a festive board after and everybody is happy. And then right there, they, that lodge begins to drop the ball somewhere along the line the chain is broken and the intensity begins to wane and everybody notices who is a prospect who went through that. And so they begin to look for ways to maybe rationalize as to why it isn't and they stick around. But again, this is something that's prevalent and I want to talk about it. I want to, I want people to reach out to me and give me their, experiences as to what happened what was what worked what didn't why they're not going back all that stuff and i want to really really focus it upon something that i feel was given to us as really a a guidepost it was really is given to us as a you know as a shining light in my opinion and you know but not in the opinion of many others as to what to do in order to begin to improve the overall experience. Now, it's not an end-all, be-all by any stretch of the imagination, but observing the craft and the eight steps of excellence was a great beginning. And for a lot of lodges, it becomes very, very difficult to implement. And one of my recent uh, interviewees that I had here, and that's Jerry L. Smith, who is a member of four different observant lodges when i asked him why he thought that members shied away from observing the craft or the eight steps of excellence he did not hesitate he just said complacency and and people are just lazy they don't want to put in the work and this is the tie-in to exercising yesterday we exercised here at my house i have a garage and we have all kinds of equipment in there and i invited a bunch of friends and some new members. We had a good crew of about, I don't know, 10 yesterday. And one of them was Steve Sanchez. He showed up and got a good workout and he loved it. After, after the workout, we sat down and we talked about it. And he's like, hey, this was great. This was better than going to the gym. You know, you guys really motivated me. And I, and I get it now. I get some of the, you know, as, as I was working out, all of a sudden, I thought of all oh, Masonic muscle. I'm, I'm, I'm beginning to see it now. I, I, I get it. Yeah, because you're putting in the work. There's no escaping it. When you show up, the guys, you know, and then two of them are my, my sons and two of them are our, our cousins. I have my brother with me, uh, a new brother-in-law, a new member of the family, Regis Cook. And then we have Steve Sanchez. So they're watching. He's coming in and he's watching them and they're, they're, they're already well-established. They know what to do. So they're, they are not wasting any time. They're getting at it, sweating. Yeah, it's hot already. It's 105, 107. And then we're inside of a garage at 630. It's still hot, right? But we're getting at it. Music's on. 
Uh, there's plenty of water out there and no one's shying away from the work. People are just getting at it. And it doesn't matter which exercise station you're in, they are putting in the work. And so going back to observing the craft and what Jerry L. Smith said, he said it, he pinpointed it right away because obviously he's had time to think about it, just like myself and many other of my brethren out there. What is it? Why are these lodges failing or they're just limping along or, they're, you know, there's just they just don't have enough courage or energy to even quit and just turn in their charter. Why? Because they're lazy. They even though in their hearts, I believe that the majority of them do want a better experience and they really would love to have that, that camaraderie and and just be proud of what their lodge is doing, of the members, of the hard work that they're putting in, they know that that's not happening. And they know that in order for that to happen, people are going to have to step up, begin to put in the work, and then demand others to do the same so that the consistency and continuity continue. And now everybody's getting, not indoctrinated, initiated into this new way of doing this new culture. And it's a, it's like a, a championship culture. If you've ever been on a championship team, that's what it is. Everybody expects you to do the work. When it's time to go out there and practice, take ground balls, uh, fly balls, batting practice, you know, infield, outfield, all these things, you better show up on time. You better sh show up already ready to go. Show up with your equipment, your, your glove, your hat, your cleats, your baseball pants, everything that you need. And you better, uh, once you're on the field, you better give 100%. And that's what has to begin to happen in lodges. There's no other way around it. And most people don't want to do that. And I'll tell you another reason why, in my belief, in my opinion, in my observation. Because ever since I began to observe the craft, thanks to Andrew Hammer and his book, Observing the Craft, which, by the way, it was a friend of mine who really gravitated to, to this. His name is Dave Matthews, and he's the one that bought, bought the book. And he bought it for me. And when I read it, and he had read it already, he's like, yeah, you know, this is what you've been talking about a lot. But this guy put it into book form, Andrew Hammer. And that's what it is. It's a beginning. It's not the end all be all again, guys. But even those eight steps of excellence becomes hard. And why? Because it's a volunteer organization. All of you out there listening that are members of Freemasonry, you guys know that push comes to shove and you will readily drop everything if things aren't going your way and give up because you're going to use that card. You're going to use the, it's just a volunteer organization. And therefore, even if you're an officer, even if you're one of the pillar officers, which is, you know, highly supposed to be highly revered and respected you will drop everything and say, you know what? This just got too hard. I don't have enough time for this. I'm out of here. Why? Because it's a volunteer organization. And in a volunteer organization, it's very, very difficult to hold people accountable if you're not paying them. And they're not dependent on that check to put food on the table. And guess what, guys? It's easy for any one of us to just drop everything and just say, I'm out of here. I don't need this grief. 
And so it's, it, it, you know, when you begin to weight lift and when you begin to exercise and you begin to take accountability for your own level of fitness, no pun intended, but Mason's meet on the level. And I'm talking about increasing your level of fitness and taking responsibility and accountability for your level of fitness. That's on you. You got to do it. I can't weight lift for you. I can't eat the right foods for you. I can't drink the right amount of water for you. Take your rest periods and all that. I can't do that. You have to do that. And when you do, and you begin to really, really uh, immerse yourself in it, you begin to develop that discipline, that desire to want to work harder, even though, you know, there's a lot of times that I don't want to work out either. Just like Jack Delane said in one of his final interviews, you know, that he hated it, but he loved the results. And so do I. I love the results. And sometimes I just don't feel like working out. But I know that if I do, once I do, I feel that much better. And there's hard work involved. You go into the gym. In this case, we call it the dungeon there in my, in my garage where all our equipment is at. And you just grind. You go in there and you pound those weights. And you're also pounding your apathy, your complacency. You're putting it in its place. And you're developing more and more discipline. And you're consistently going out there working. And nobody's doing it for me. And everybody around, though, will know if I'm giving a half-assed effort. And now taking it back to observing the craft, what Andrew Hammer was saying, in my opinion, was that's what has to happen. You have to go in there in the gym of Freemasonry with all the tools that we're given to become better men and actually begin to apply them and use them and hold people accountable, find the right people. If there's people that are just shirking their responsibility and kind of shying away, then let them open the door for them, let, you know, and let them leave because you'll end up. But if you're doing the stuff that you're doing, you have your core of, you know, of guys that really, really want to do this and hold each other accountable. You'll begin to attract other members and you'll begin to initiate them into this new way of thinking, this new way of doing things, which is not really a new way of thinking is we all know this. And we begin to apply the eight steps of excellence somehow, some way. The easiest one being the dress code. But even that, if you have a group of complacent brothers, man, good luck with that one. They're going to they're gonna come up with every single excuse in the book as to why they cannot put on a tie. Every time. So anyhow, with that, guys, thank you guys for listening. If you guys want to, uh, if you guys have ideas of what you guys would like to listen to, uh, write to me at uh, mindhive357 at gmail.com. Tell me what your idea is. Tell me what you're thinking. If you have had challenges like this at your lodge, hey, write to me. Tell me what you're thinking. Maybe I can have you on as a guest, talk about it, help you, uh, you know, give you a shoulder to cry on. And then uh, that way, after that, we can kick you in the head and tell you, hey, get up. Uh, you have people that understand that have gone through this and that will help you as much as we can get you through this and find the tools. All right. So I'm signing out. This is Masonic Muscle. This has been a, yet one more episode of speculation or exercise in speculation and critical thinking 
accountability, responsibility, all of that. Have a great day.